0: I think, Nick, we are live. <laughs> Here we go. Hey, Kristin, it looks like we're live, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I'm just waiting
0: for the notification. Okay, so happy and succeeding in the future of work. We have today, Nick Lilios. He's the founder, CEO of Nowster. And my Brooklyn comes in when I say Nowster, I put an R on everything, <laughs> that's today name, Nowster. And uh, I want to hand it to you, Nick, and then maybe you could tell the audience, what you do, what it's about, um, because he has a really cool platform that I think a lot of people would love to hear about.
1: Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having me, Jack. I'm super excited to be here today. I'm excited to talk about the future of work and to tell uh, you and your audience more about what we do. So um, at a high level, Nausta is building an operating system for hourly gig and flex workforces. Um, And what we're really oriented around is building a a better and more empowering experience for uh, hourly gig and and flex workers. Um, As we know, over the last few years, there's been a massive rise Uh, in the um, in the uh, flex workforce. So the number of workers working flex or gig style jobs, uh, but employers are struggling to uh, both manage these workers and and find these workers uh, in a uh, quick and efficient manner. Um, And what we do is offer a platform that helps employers transform uh, a stagnant workforce into this dynamic on demand uh, flex based workforce that lets them uh, tap into a bench or pool of labor that they can access to fill Uh, just-in-time shifts. Um, They can also use our platform to uh, schedule, track, uh, and pay all of their Uh, workers. Um, And lastly, they can use our platform to integrate with their other HR tools to ensure uh, a really seamless experience, not just for the employees that they hire directly themselves, but for their contingent labor or their 1099 labor. Um, And so we've been working with companies across um, the uh, industry spectrum from uh, hospitality companies to warehouses and distribution companies to Um, uh, guest services companies, janitorial companies, things like that. Um, And we've seen tremendous growth over the last uh, year, year and a half. We just uh, closed a $41 million Series B that we're incredibly excited about um, and are really just excited to tell uh, the world about FlexWork and what it can mean for uh, the workforce today.
0: That's great. And and if I understand correctly too, what you do is somewhat unique in that you have just-in-time hiring. So if I recall, when we were writing about, for Forbes about this, is that let's say you're, I don't know, in Nashville, you have a lot of bars and restaurants, and for whatever reason, you don't have enough staff, bartenders, waiters, but there's a place, a couple of you know, doors down where they're overflowing, they have too much capacity. So your software could pick up those folks and say, hey, wait a minute, you, you, know, you have extra people there who aren't getting paid because they don't need them, kind of come over here and get paid.
1: Yeah, yeah work exactly. right,
0: yeah. Which is wild. Yep. That's a different. That's like a very unique concept, right? I, I don't yeah. think a lot of people do that. Do they? No, no. It's a
1: it's a very unique concept. We kind of call it like a collective labor pool that you can tap into. So you, you're exactly right. So let's say you're a restaurant. You're uh, creating your schedule announced uh, uh, and our system detects that you're short staffed so you need three extra bartenders um, what do you normally do well you might um, you know call up a staffing company and ask uh, you know do you have three extra bartenders you might if you have enough time post a, a, a job ad on indeed you might be texting um, old workers saying hey you know i know we haven't worked together but can, can you come in um, it's a really difficult, complex, and arduous process. And no one really likes it. Um, what we do is our system can actually detect that you're short three bartenders. Uh, and what we'll say is, hey, um, we'll connect you with three bartenders that are already working at one of our partners uh, in our marketplace. So it could be uh, a restaurant which with extra staff down the street, or it could be a catering company, or it could be a staffing company. Uh, but we'll connect you to those people and we'll say, hey, these people are ready to go. They're available. Um, They have the the right skill sets, they have the the right training, um, they have the right quality that you're looking for, um, and we'll place them in your shift for you automatically, so you don't need to to talk to anyone, you don't need to call a staffing agency, Um, we'll get those people over to work, we'll tell them all the information about the job, uh, we'll help you track them. Uh, And then we'll make sure that they get paid really quickly uh, for the work that they did. And so um, we take this process that often is uh, a massive headache for managers and for owners and uh, just more generally employers. And we make it as simple as clicking, uh, you know, a button on Uber to request a ride um, uh, all while uh, helping you run your operations and making sure that all the data is getting to the uh, right places for payroll uh, and those types of things.
0: Makes so much sense, Nick, because Anecdotally, I'm sure you've gone through this and people watching this have gone through this. You go to a restaurant and you know, you sit down and then you're looking around. Where's my waiter, waitress? What's going on here? (laughs) Time goes on, they come, they seem harried, they seem rushed, they seem frazzled. And and, you know, you're at the beginning. This when I started notice this, let's say nine months ago, you know, pandemic time, it's hard to remember exactly when these things happened. I was like, What? What's up? This is weird. And then you look around, you say, wait, there's not like there's only like three you know, wait staff to serve all these people what's going on here. Yeah. And, and then it becomes a very unpleasant, you know, experience, because now you're waiting half an hour, 40 minutes to get your food. And then you realize there's not enough cooks or chefs in the back there. So the food isn't that great. And yeah. so what it, so it seems like what you could do is if if that situation arises, you could tap in through the software and, and say, Hey, We're losing, you know, some people walking out, the tips are not existing because, you know, customers are ticked off, Mm -hmm. get, you know, get immediately, you don't have to post a job on Indeed, like you say, you don't have to start interviewing people, you can just through your software, tap into people who have some bandwidth and just pop over and help out. Is that kind of what happened? Yeah, that's
1: a, that's exactly right. So you know, the intuitiveness of our platform uh, and kind of this embedded marketplace is that um, there are lots of workers uh, that are working, you know, more full-time shifts. Uh, but they would definitely pick up extra uh, work, uh, you know, on the side. Problem is, is, that it's not easy to apply for that extra work. So if I'm a really great chef at a restaurant, you know, I might want to work, you know, five or ten hours more a week, uh, but I don't want to go on Indeed and I don't want to have to apply for a job. I don't want to have to go through an interview process, um, et cetera. Uh, but I would, you know, if a job was, you know, offered to me, if I can just click a button to accept it without having to go through that interview process, I would definitely do that. Um, and that's the level of simplicity that we bring to. uh uh, this embedded marketplace uh, within this you know flex workforce management system that we've created Um, we can access or tap into this labor that's really strong that is not looking for a job per se but is open to working of these flex style shifts and for the employer you're absolutely right we have so many employers that that tell us how they're losing money because they can't um, fully staff at the levels that they need to Um, whether it's at a stadium or a restaurant where they have to close down a particular section because they don't have enough concession stand workers or at a restaurant where they can't um, seat as many people because they just simply don't have enough uh, wait uh, waiters to uh, or servers to to facilitate Um, uh, the meal. Um, And so uh, it's a real issue. Um, And, and, you know, people are coming out of COVID wanting to get back out and and go out and do things and uh, and whatnot, and you know the fact that that employers now are struggling to get back up to uh, you know pre-pandemic uh, labor levels is is really difficult, considering how much business they potentially have access to. And so we're helping them, uh, you know, increase um, their ability to kind of recognize uh, revenue and, and make sure that they're uh, able to provide a, a really high quality service to their uh, to their customers.
0: So it's so it's a two-sided marketplace, really. You have the employers, and then you have the people. Now, do you call them gig workers, or what would you call these folks? Just so, the time workers? Yeah. I mean, Nowsta them, workers? Yeah.
1: I mean, we we call them uh, either flex workers, or, or okay. we refer to it as like our talent marketplace. So, um, refer to them as talent.
0: So, if somebody wanted to be talent.
1: Mm-hmm. What do they
0: do? Do they go to Nowsta yeah. and then set up a profile, and and then is somebody interviewed, or how does that how does the process work?
1: Yeah, so generally um, what you would do is you'd actually go to one of our partners. Um, So our partner could be any type of employer, it could be a a staffing uh, partner, it can be a a traditional restaurant, uh, et cetera. Um, And you will go through an interview process with uh, one of those partners. Uh, uh, And then that partner would put you onto the platform. Um, They would add in what your skill sets are, what positions you're qualified to work. Um, They would put in any types of notes or uh, things about your uh, your ability to to work a shift, and then uh, you would start working, and over time you start to build a, a profile within our system. So we're not only tracking things that you can do, but we're also tracking attributes like you know do you show up on time, do you have a good attitude, uh, you know do you have certain certifications that you might need to work certain uh, skills. You know a lot of times you know workers will show up on time. Um, that information is really captured in a resume. You're not putting it on LinkedIn. That's super valuable information. It goes to show that you're a responsible worker and, and that you can kind of do what you're uh, uh, supposed to do. And so um, workers over time, as they work more shifts, will build, um, uh, build that profile, which uh, will then give them access to more jobs uh, in the marketplace because we, we essentially are rewarding workers who work really hard uh, and do a good job and, and uh, by offering them uh, access to more opportunities in the future.
0: So let's say I sign up at a restaurant to be mm-hmm. bartender, and then they would that the, the owner, let's say the bar would interview me get a sense of who I am put all the data into the software, the software that you provide, they have your software, their client. Yep. Now, afterwards, if let's say, then I go and do some work at another place like another restaurant, does that place also kind of then put in, hey, Jack came in early, he stayed late, he did this, he did that. So it's it's not just based on that one person, that one entity that rates you and then you're stuck with that, or is it?
1: Yeah, so it it depends on whether the second employer is on Nausta. So if they're not a Nausta user, if they're not on our platform, then uh, we wouldn't be able to capture that information. But um, if the worker was kind of loaned out to that second employer through the Nausta marketplace, then we certainly would capture that information. So they were hired by employer one, um, employer one is like if we have some downtime, we can lend out these employees that we've hired to employer two. Um, what they do at employer two will then be captured in our system, we'll log kind of all that data, um, and that will be used to update their profile. But if they're not, if employer two is not on NALSA and they didn't um, access that labor through our marketplace, then unfortunately we would be able to have uh, the ability to see kind of what the, uh, you know, what the rating was or what the skill sets were there.
0: So I know I'm stating the obvious, but Nick, it sounds to me, the more companies that use Nowsta, it's kind of better for everybody because then let's take that example I gave before. So I go in to, to be a bartender, I get good ratings, then I go to another place, get good ratings and so forth. So then if there's a call out to say, Hey, we need help here. And you look at my profile, you don't need to interview. You don't need to worry. You don't have to be like, oh, I don't know who's this jack guy. You could just look and say oh there's six different places that he showed up early he stayed late he did a great job <clears throat> you know whatever kind of criteria you use is positive so then it makes it so easy because you don't have to interview and for the person too then they don't have to interview each time they go somewhere they're kind of like have the good seal, you know good housekeeping seal of approval on it that okay hey you know you're good or to be fair let's say somebody is lacking then someone could still bring that person in for the gig, but they have their eyes wide open to say, okay, you know, I know this, I see by their background, maybe they tend to come in late. So might say, hey, it's really important for us to come in early, you know, so you can kind of be proactive in terms of managing, maybe there's some deficiencies, but at least you're aware of it going in.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we definitely benefit from having a larger group of, of employers on our platform. And the more employers that we add to the platform, Uh, the better it is for both the employers and the employees. Um, And so we do generate these network effects where we uh, increase our capacity to fulfill uh, labor shortages, we increase our supply, and then we kind of create a natural uh, extension for demand to come in. Um, What I will say is too that's interesting is that lots of our employees serve as conduits for kind of our growth. So um, if an employee is using NAOSTA at employer A, um, when they go work for employer b or C or they take another job um, they're often telling their managers about now. so and they're saying hey you know I'd love to uh, you know it'd be great if you all were able to adopt now to here or use it and so a lot of our uh, inbound um, channels are coming from uh, employees referring us to employers that, um, uh, would be good fits for for what we're doing, and so we definitely leverage uh, that type of uh, growth as well, which I think goes back to just it's beneficial for everyone if, if more employers are are on Nasta.
0: Well, that's high high you know praise if that you have somebody who's on there who recommends and say hey, you know yeah. I'd like to work at this place. You know, let's say they're just with friends going out somewhere and they say this is a great place, and you go to you know the manager hey you should do Nasta, NASTA yeah. and check it out. So that's like the greatest you know compliment. That they're, yeah. they're, they're they're evangelizing you know your business to other people to kind of keep it going.
1: Absolutely, yeah, it, 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 yeah.
0: Sorry. What what like what made you do this? Because this is how it, it's such a it's such a kind of like I don't want to say niche, but a very specific kind of thing. What what kind of light bulb went on or made you decide? Hey, there, there's this marketplace that's underserved. Let me just jump into it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, it was. Um it was kind of happenstance Uh, you know we didn't necessarily set out to do this, but uh, we kind of arrived at it after looking at a bunch of data, so I mean we had some exposure to helping companies. um, You know uh, do some machine learning projects on mostly oriented around hiring people, and uh, it was through that experience that it evolved into kind of uh, you know, initially helping companies better manage their workforce and could we create a system that automated and simplified the process of scheduling your workers, tracking them, uh, etc. cetera. Um, and this was what our initial core workforce management uh, platform was. Um, but what we realized as we kind of launched that and we saw a lot of success in kind of adoption was that um, within our customer base, um, a huge number of companies were leveraging uh, third-party uh, staffing providers to supplement their workforce, and in some cases, Uh, employers were leveraging staffing companies to fulfill, you know, 60, 70% of their labor needs. Um, And this was something that we weren't aware of when we first started the company. We weren't aware of how just dependent companies were on on, um, staffing providers. Um, And so we started asking ourselves, can we connect our customers to other staffing providers. And one of the things that we realized was that we actually had a lot of staffing companies on our platform leveraging our system to transform their own company into this on-demand kind of uh, uh, staffing or labor marketplace. Uh, So we said, if we have two companies both on Nowsta, um, instead of having them email each other to figure out if they can share employees, what if we were just to connect them uh, to our uh, connect them through our platform? Um, and what if we were able to do this all in real time? So I could uh, literally see that I'm short you know, five workers uh, and then I can plug into my staffing partner and see, oh, they have five workers for me. And instead of having to send an email and wait a few days and wonder who I'm going to get, I can just see immediately uh, who's available and I can book them right there. Um, and then we kind of took that a step back and realized in our network of, of labor, we had hundreds of thousands of workers on our platform we realized that you know on any given day or on any given hour um you know some percentage of those people are available to work uh they're not working um they're but they're available and they probably want to work so we're, we were like what if we tapped into that um available workforce uh, of people who are um you know actively being used throughout the month by the employer uh, to fill shifts but you know they're not working you know 100 hours a week they're not even always working 40 hours a week they're may, maybe working 20 hours a week uh, and so we just said you know what if we were to connect, um, you know companies who needed staff with companies who had staff. And that's essentially how the uh, marketplace uh, came to be. We, we just realized that there were, we had lots of staffing partners and other just more traditional employers that had excess supply of labor. Um, and there was a big demand for labor by other employers. And uh, we were just like, let's connect them. Um, and, and that was essentially the, the, the genesis for what we did. And, uh, you know, we think it's been, pretty transformational and it kind of changes the way you think about your own workforce uh, and about your kind of this collective pool of labor that you can tap into that's you know often latent and inaccessible uh, but now we're kind of making it accessible to uh to everyone
0: interesting i would have thought you might get resistance from staffing agencies because you know they take a cut when someone is working and they say Mm -hmm. wait if i'm doing that or i guess you just kind of work some relationship out where okay maybe they didn't have this client but now if they join now they have an extra client so even if they have to kind of give a little bit on their commission or whatever they charge it's worth it because now instead of having to kind of keep finding new clients and finding new people they tap into this network effect so it helps them out is that is that how yeah
1: yeah absolutely so you know with with staffing partners um you know one we're not really disrupting their own business model so they can continue Mm -hmm. to to charge the margins that they need to charge, so that's that's you know essentially between the the staffing uh, partner and and the customer. Uh, but two, um, you're absolutely right. We give them a huge amount of new business. Um, so if you're a, a let's say a staffing uh, a partner in a particular city, um, if you're working with Nowsta you have access to you know many of the top. Uh, You know, food and uh, beverage companies in the area, the hospitality companies in the area, including hotels and stadiums and restaurants and catering companies and those types of uh, entities. So, um, you actually get access to a lot more business that's a lot uh, more efficient to acquire than uh, it would be if you were using more traditional sales and and outreach uh, methods. Um, The other component to this is that it's really easy to um, kind of provide services to a customer through NASA. So normally the staffing company is having to um, let's say, you know, take in orders via email. Um, They're having to track hours via paper timesheets. They then have to email an Excel spreadsheet to the customer that then has to approve those hours. And if there's a discrepancy, there's kind of a back and forth. Um, And then even kind of uh, invoicing and and the timing around those payments, uh, you know, can be net 15, net 30, net 45 terms. Um, we can make sure that the invoicing process is seamless where, you know, if there's any discrepancy, we resolve it because our system tracks everything digitally. And we make sure that our staffing partners get paid really quickly um, so that they can continue to provide services at the level that they want to see. So I think the the overall, the, the the net outcome is really positive for staffing companies. And we've kind of seen that in the market where we have staffing companies companies coming to us every day asking to uh, be partners in this uh, marketplace uh, and be able to provide staff to uh, many of our demand-side customers.
0: How large is this market that we're talking about? Because I've I've seen reports anywhere up to like 50 million plus are in one way or another gig-oriented workers. Is that too big or does that sound about right? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I think that's probably about
1: right. Um, I think, you know, we're moving towards a place where, um, the lines between, you know, who's a gig worker, who's an hourly worker, what does flex work need, are are changing, and so I've heard figures uh, that you know there's eighty to ninety million wow. hourly workers, uh, and if you think some proportion of those are uh, engaged in the gig economy, I think you know fifty million is probably right, but I think you know, part of the, the issue now or part of what we're going through is just defining what gig means and, and having, you know, different uh, uh, governmental entities better track that so we can get a better sense of, of the true size of this uh, workforce.
0: Do, do you think that's kind of the future where, whether you talk talking about it, Amazon Warehouse or Fulfillment Center, or, you know, Instacart, Uber, Lyft, on and on, that it just one sector after another is just going to kind of migrate more to that, whatever you want to call it, flex, gig, temp, contracting, what have you. Um, is that do you think that's yeah. future? Do you think white collar, you know, desk jobs are next?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think it's the future. I think um, uh, you know we're slowly seeing kind of the benefits of having access to a flex or gig style workforce. Um, I think there's you know potentially a lot of uh, you know there's certainly some pitfalls associated with that which is what we're trying to solve but um, i think you know employers are realizing that uh you know demanding you know 40 hours of work uh, a week from an employee is not necessarily possible anymore i think employees want the flexibility to determine their own schedule from one week to the next i think you know some employees want you know a full 40 hours of work with one employer other employees want to say hey i want to work 15 hours a week this time and i want to, i want to work 20 hours a week know the next time and maybe I want to work for two different employers because I like you know each job and I like that um, that diversity in in experience and so I definitely think um, if you're not building flexibility into your workforce and that's not becoming a core part of how you think about your labor um, you're going to really struggle to actually find people who want to work with uh, work with you or work for you Um, and so it's hard to imagine us going back just because of the success that employers have had who have adopted flex Uh, uh, workforce models. um, And, you know, employees are generally pretty happy uh, with the experience thus far.
0: You know, I've been speaking to so many chief people, officers, CEOs, execs, and it does feel that this is where things are going, that their workforce, after two years of going through a pandemic, they've realized, wait, I don't have to commute to two, three hours a day round trip. Um, I've developed a better quality of life, spent more time with my family, with my kids, you know, with hobbies, what have you. Yeah. And then also there's, I, I, don't want to go on on a limb here, but it does feel like there's been a mindset change and that people aren't kind of having this hustle porn mentality as much as they used to. They're more prizing their time and their freedom and their autonomy. And to your point saying, Hey, I don't want to have to kind of commute into a big city be there all day in a cubicle, under fluorescent lights, micromanaging boss on top of me, commute home. You know, maybe I'll do something different. Maybe I'll do a few hours at this company, check it out, do a few, a few days at the other company. Let's see how that is. You know, maybe I'll want to just work 30 hours and I'm cool with that. And I have, because I have a lot of other interests and hobbies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think we're definitely seeing that. I think people, um, you
1: know, I think people are, are now seeing, um, you know income from multiple uh, areas, you know it's not just that i'm getting a paycheck and that is 100% of my income, um, you know we have people who are content creators people who are. Uh, who have side hustles people who who kind of just do a variety of things, um, and so uh, I think they, they realize that by having kind of more flexibility and variability in, in your income, you can. Uh, do more things in your personal life you don't you know, like you said, you know if you don't want to commute and spend an hour in traffic. Why why do you do that? For a lot of people, um, they can do a really good job uh, from working from home. They don't need to work in an office. And so I think um, that mindset is going to be hard to shift. Um, I think it's going to be hard to counter. Um, And so I think employers need to embrace the fact that the preferences within um, the workforce have evolved um, and they've changed in ways that maybe we weren't expecting. the sooner you're able to adapt to them and the sooner you're able to embrace them and, and make them kind of a core part of, of your strategy, um, the, the better equipped you're going to be in the future to not um, you know, be at the whims of, of the labor shortage. And I think you know, the great resignation as it's being called is, is a real thing. And um, I think it's you know, impacting the employers that um, are inflexible, that are uh, not evolving uh, in the ways that they need to uh, you know, during this time period.
0: I'm also thinking the flip side, of what I was talking about, maybe people want more of a balance and less hours, but then on the other side of the equation, you can have somebody who's like, Hey, you know, what? coming during the holidays. I'm going to just, just do as much as I can. Let me see if I can get four or five different gigs and just, just try and see if I could just bank some money for the holidays and what have you. And so what? So I spend, you know, a month just really just working around the clock, have a lot of money, enjoy it, you know, get presents for everybody and do that. And then. I could also understand how a company could say, okay, we hire Phil and now Phil, you know, you hired him. So we got to go through this whole process, benefits, vacation days, sick days, all that kind of stuff. And then let's say Phil doesn't really work out so much. Now it's awkward. Do I have to let Phil go? And now maybe if I let him go, they're going to think maybe it's ageism, maybe it's sexism, maybe this-ism, and it's awkward. So instead, hey, like if Phil comes on just, hey, I'm going to work you know, this day, that day, the other day. Okay, cool. You know, it's it makes it almost for an employer. I'm thinking it through. It gives them some leeway. Like, all right, you know what? This way, this is a good way to see. Hey, it's feel good. Do I like him? Is he working out well? If so, fantastic. If not, and if he's working out well, I imagine on your on your site too, you could probably give a prop. I'm guessing you could probably give a prompt to someone. Hey, like you're awesome. Do you yeah. want to keep working? You know, I mean, maybe a restaurant might say, is there a facility like a way that a, a manager at a restaurant could say, hey, you know, Phil is awesome. Can you just see if like he can we can get him all the time? Because whenever yeah. he has a moment, we'll take him because he's yeah. awesome. Um, yeah. so yeah. it gives flexibility on the manager on on the, the, the manager side. Because I'll tell you this, I've seen over the years through recruiting. A lot of times people are scared to make a recruit like a hiring decision. Cause what if it doesn't work out? Then I look bad as the hiring manager. Like, Jack, what is wrong with you? Why did you hire so-and-so? The person's a big loser and you lose political capital. But if you try somebody out, you're like, hey, I'm trying them out. It didn't work. Okay, we'll go someone else. We'll try the next one. So it takes a lot of the pressure off to say, hey, let's, let's, let's give this person a shot, see what they can do. And if they're great, fantastic. If not, hey, we'll try somebody else.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I think there's absolutely a component of that where it gives you the ability to, um, you know, maybe have a trial run with someone and have the same pressure that would uh, generally accompany a full-time hire. Um, There's also lots of employers that, you know, have seasonal businesses and oftentimes, you know, they're maybe struggling to um, you know handle the increased volume during busy times of the year um, and when they should be you know hiring someone they were deterred to in the past because they're like well I, I don't need a full-time person because I'm not going to have you know this level of business in the future uh, I would love a part-time person but it's really hard to bring that person in um, now they have more of that capacity because you know they can flex their uh, workforce up and down based on kind of the seasonality in their business uh, without you know necessarily having to, uh, uh, engage fully with, with that, uh, employee. So I think employers like the ability to, you know, figure out what their staffing levels and staffing needs are and, you know, flex that up and down. And that's where we kind of come in in automating that because for an employer to, to know that in real time, uh, and for an employer to be able to, uh, manage all of that, it's actually a relatively complex process. You know, it's, it's hard to manage, you know, 10 people that are each working five hours, uh, versus, you know, Two people that are working 25 hours, and then to scale that up and down on a weekly basis, uh, or even just like a monthly basis. And That's so- why I
0: was thinking, how do you do that? Because to me, it seems like <laughs> such a night. it's like taking track yeah, of all that. Totally. You'll have to be very analytical, I imagine, to, to do that and keep, Absolutely. keep, keep track
1: of everything. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly where we come in. We we want to um, essentially automate the logistics of managing a, a large workforce and being able to flex that workforce up and down, um, so that you don't have to, you know, be running computations yourself or trying to figure out, okay, I need you know eight people today, but seven people tomorrow, and ten people the next day, and I need to account for attrition, and I need to know you know who's going to be late and who's going to have a no call no show, uh, and you know who's on my backup list and who can I reach out to if if something doesn't go right. Um, all of that is is operationalized in our system and automated so that um, you can just say hey these are my preferences this is what my schedule is this is what i think kind of volume needs are in uh, our system can can handle the rest from you know being able to help you select the right workers to giving you algorithms that can uh, you know tell you who to request and not to request uh, to making sure you have a backup list capable of of filling in um, uh, if you're, uh, you know, short staffed or someone who is supposed to show up doesn't show up. So um, that's why, you know, our platform, I think, is so relevant because moving to a flex workforce is not necessarily easy. And there's a, you know, there's a reason why a lot of employers have resisted it is because, you know, it's more work. You know, they don't want to have to hire uh, another person just to manage the flex workforce. And so that's where we come in, where we're saying we know you're not a technology company and that, uh, you know, the technology to manage this doesn't really exist. Um, We're going to give you that technology so that you can implement this in a really effective and scalable way uh, without incurring any of the costs or headaches that are normally associated with this model of work.
0: You have this option on the platform now, maybe thinking about it, um, to go back to the white collar type of desk worker. Hmm. There's a lot of times where companies won't hire because maybe there's a gap in employment there's a little bias about that huh this person has been working for a certain amount of time is something wrong with this person Mm -hmm. but if you have the opportunity to say okay you know what maybe we're not hiring this person as a full-time permanent role right away we can give that person a shot and say okay hey let's see what you can do come you know on as a contractor temp flex worker what have you see how it goes Um, and then multiply that out i see this with young people now when they graduate for college you know, they spend all this money on tuition and then they go and the trend is, okay, you don't have experience. And if you look on LinkedIn and other places, when they say, you know, search for um, entry level, you'll see two, three years experience needed. So then they say, okay, maybe get an internship. Now that's fine. If you come from a family has some wealth, then you could afford, they, they could underwrite your apartment and, and now you're not getting paid, but wouldn't that be better if the company could say, hey, okay, let's Jack, let's just try you out. Let's see. You know, come in as a gig worker, as a contract worker. If it works, great. Hey, maybe we'll hire you full time. Or maybe Jack might decide, you know what? I kind of like doing this a gig. Maybe there's another white collar kind of job I'll do somewhere else. And then maybe I could feel out which is the best fit for me. Yeah. Is that is that is that on your platform or is that an option or- Yeah, I mean, so so I definitely think, I mean, so that
1: that functionality does exist on our platform. So you can choose to uh, leverage someone, um, you know, uh, on a temporary basis, or you can try them out as you're kind of alluding to. Uh, But one thing I did want to mention is that, um, you know, so you have this idea that when you see a resume, it just kind of lists your experience, it might list some, you know, successes or tasks or responsibilities that you had. But in, in our minds and how we approach it, you know, resumes don't really give you the the real information that you wanna know. Um, They serve as a proxy for the quality of the worker and whether they'll do a good job in the future. Um, But, you know, there's these informational asymmetries that exist between kind of the supply side and demand side, which is why we need to engage in the process of interviewing. And what we do is instead of saying, you know, this person has three years of experience, is we'll say things like, you know, this person uh, was rated as a fast learner by their previous manager, um, or this person showed up on time for every shift that they were given, or they had no call outs, or um, this person, uh, you know, has a great attitude or is a fast learner. Those are the things that you actually want to know. And experience as a proxy is not really necessarily a good reflection of whether you have those Uh, attributes or not. And so we're trying to kind of help employers make decisions using more relevant and more salient data than, you know, just relying on this kind of old proxy of of quality, uh, which is experience. And we found that, you know, we're able to make better placements and matches between employers and employees by leveraging this information than just by going off of some, you know, archaic attribute of like needs to have two years of experience, even though you know, that doesn't mean that they'll be good at the job or they'll be able to do what, what is uh, required.
0: It's just so why I can tell you from first-hand experience. You experience, know, if somebody is is kind of charismatic and charming and they're not really great at their job, but they that person could probably get a job quicker and get paid better than someone who actually has all the qualities but doesn't know how to sell him or herself. Yeah. And then what ends up happening, and you can see this on resumes, they'll be there about a year or so and then they start looking and leaving because they know they didn't have the skills, but they're good to get another job, so they don't care. They're just go right. get another right. job. Whereas the person who's really good doesn't <laughs> sell themselves and can't do it. So this way, you could have something to quantify because I, I've never, I, I don't recruit for tech people, but I understand that interview process is very different. You're going to test and see, hey, Jack, can you write code? Let's say you write code for this, and you could judge does does he have the skills. Mm-hmm. But traditional white collar. Interviews is different. It's more of, so tell me about yourself. (laughs) Where do you see yourself in five years and so (laughs) forth? So like, you could, oh, well, you know, Jack's a good guy. Let's hire him. But you really didn't learn, am I good at what I do? Can I do a great job? And then what do you do? You get my references and I'm gonna tell all my buddies, yeah, say I'm great, say I'm awesome. And I can say, oh, Jack's great, he's awesome. You should hire him. Like, okay, so you're right. So with your, the way you do it, it makes sense because now you can say, Jack, wait, he keeps coming in late and he leaves early. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to bring them on. I'm um, not know if I'm not desperate enough to get another bartender or another whatever. Maybe I'll just take a pass. Or if I bring them on, I got to sit down and say, "Hey, listen. I know. I see your background. Can you just promise me you're going to come in on time and you're going to stay when you have to?" So you get so you have more intelligent uh, intelligence at your disposal to make sure you're bringing the right person into your to your restaurant, to your store, to your shop, to your facility. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah, essentially, we're trying to identify the attributes or the characteristics that are best um, suited to predict, you know, if someone's going to be a good worker or not. And, you know, the, the better we can get at selecting those attributes, the better the decisions um, that we're making are.
0: So where do you see this going? Like nursing, every, like, how, how, like how vast and how wide can this go kind of, is this going to be global and for like every kind of, you know, type of business segment?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think any type of business segment where there is, you know, some level of complexity um, around the scheduling process, where you're dealing with shifts, where you're having, or project-based or kind of event-based, uh, where you're, you know, uh, the schedules might be changing from one week to the next. You might have multiple locations. Um, any industry that, that you know, has some component of that, I think will be uh, applicable for our platform. And, and I really do think in five or 10 years, we'll be looking at Um, this time period is kind of the the start of of the the flex workforce um, uh, period uh, and kind of this evolution and how we work. And, um, you know, it's hard to imagine how, you know, we would go back because I think there's just so many advantages to adopting this that, um, you know, it's kind of a a train that that is going to be hard to stop.
0: Yeah, more think about it. Like for nurses, we've seen that over the last year, you know, a lot of them leaving, excuse me, just got a little bit of call. a lot of them leaving, But then they take the shift work and they make way more money as traveling nurses. So you can see in each industry, it's ripe for having a way to kind of make it better for both sides of the equation. So then hospitals could feel, okay, maybe we can't get the full-time permanent nurses. Maybe they prefer that, but if we can't, hey, then we could kind of pick up people who are going to do it on per diem basis, on an hourly basis. And at least we have coverage and, and, and we can take care of our patients.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, in nursing, you're seeing it, you know, you're seeing a massive rise in, in traveling nurses and, and uh, you know, kind of nursing marketplaces where they can tap into this uh, extra labor. And I think you, you are right, you know, a lot of nurses want that flexibility, they um, are able to get paid much better than they normally are if they're working full time. Um, and the hospitals are looking at it, you know, from the perspective of, you know, this helps them flex up or flex down depending on, on what the volume is. Uh, I do think there's a conversation about wages more generally and, and the fact that you know uh, uh, permanent nurses or, or full-time nurses are, are maybe not getting uh, the wages that they're looking for, but there's also a conversation to be had around how uh, employers conceptualize of the uh, the cost of an employee and, and kind of how they think about, you know, labor spend. And so uh, there's just a lot of, you know, changing dynamics at play. Uh, but there's definitely, you know, I think something here uh, that we need to tap into and, and learn more about and try to facilitate because it it seems to be working in a lot of areas.
0: Yeah, I, I just thought of another, this is just a random because I could see how many niches could be filled. So, yeah. Uh, I'm, see, you know, senior contributor for us, but I have a day job. I run a search firm and all that, but let's say on your platform, it said, Hey, we need someone to write about, you know, X, y, Z. I might say, Oh, Hey, yeah, I'm so I'm interested in that topic. I'll write about that. Cool. Mm-hmm. You know, not even caring that much, what the pay is, but I, I enjoy writing about X topic and yeah, sure. Let me, you know, I'll sign up for this. I'll do a couple of pieces. That's fantastic. So yeah. I could see for so many different areas. It could it could be valuable to have that platform for both sides so they maybe they get help because they feel hey let's say I knew a lot about the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. And they may say hey we love, you know, hey, we we love you to write about it because you know about the Ukraine and we want to get some insider Intel instead of like what we see now in social media where people are just all of a sudden they're experts they have no idea. (laughs) So there's so many ways I could see it helping out as you guys
1: grow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the opportunities are endless, and that's, you know, one of the biggest things that we grapple with is, is just that we have so many opportunities before us. Uh, it's knowing how to prioritize them and, and to know what, what to focus on because, um, you know, one of the, the, the big kind of pitfalls uh, that startups face is, you know, trying to do too many things at once um, and not, you know, being great at any one of those things. And so, um, you know, for us, it's really been important to, to know where to focus and, and make sure uh, we're working on the right things, uh, you know, at that right time. Um, so we don't run into, you know, kind of uh, issues of of overextending ourselves. But you're, I think you're hitting on something, which is, there's so many applications for what we're doing. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's just endless opportunity.
0: So, so before we go, I have this, this is not a fair question to ask, because I, I don't know if there really is an answer to this. But um, I think tomorrow, no, Friday, I'm wishing the week away already. So I think Friday is the uh, jobs report. Mm -hmm. and i constantly wonder and I, i i i've been writing about it for the last three years i'm always so sus about the numbers do you feel let's say we're talking about 50 million people who are gig temp flex however you want to call it are they really captured in the when they have the employment data because that makes a big difference if they really get lost because old school they're used to you go somewhere at nine in the morning till five o'clock you know you have that adp paycheck to look at whereas now if they have to look at nowsta and all sorts of other platforms do they fall off the map and the reason i bring it up because that's make a big difference in how well we're doing as a country so like mm-hmm. if if they if they're not really counting people let's say on your platform and others like that it makes it seem worse mm-hmm. but yeah. meanwhile they are working but they're working the way they want to work Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think that's a that's a valid concern.
1: Um, I'm I'm sure, you know, there's many smart people that are working on the jobs report, um, economists and statisticians. I'm sure they're, they're trying to find ways to um, better capture what's happening. But I think, you know, there's just probably a lot of um, struggles that they're facing uh, around, you know, are they actually capturing, you know, the full totality of of the of the of the market and, uh, you know, the level of participation, um, you know, from people uh, in this new labor environment. And I think, you know, in many cases, um, you know, there's a certain level of informality to this work that that is hard to um, capture. Um, and, you know, it's, you know, likely that, you know, they're probably missing some things. I'm sure they're, you know, they have methods to uh, compute or or infer kind of what that level might be. But um, I think it's something that we should have a conversation about and, and really, uh, think through to make sure we are, you know, kind of capturing these trends and, and understanding the full scope of of, uh, of these changes that we're seeing.
0: Yeah, because think about this: you know, we all talk about inflation and how it's about six, seven percent where it is now. And maybe in part, some of it, you know maybe a small amount could be you have millions of people working these gigs that they're not accounted for. You and they're wondering why, you, and that could be part of the inflation because they are working and they are making money and they are spending money. Yeah, they're not really accounted for. So. We kind, it's a kind of a disconnect of reality because this is kind of a new fast growing sector and the government is usually not faulting it's just government's big and bureaucratic so it's hard for them to capture these kind of new things that are developing fast time and figure out how do we get our arms around it
1: yeah yeah i mean i, I think you're you're you kind of uh hit the nail on the head though is you know we're, we're kind of in the first inning of this uh you know New future of work uh, phase, um, and uh, I think you know the government is probably you know looking at a bunch of different ways to to better uh, quantify you know level of participation. But I still think it's early. You know I think it's um, you know these things take time to, to develop um, techniques um, and methods to to fully uh, capture and elucidate. And so. Um, so yeah, I mean, in the short term, we might be, you know, not getting the most accurate data, and that could be um, painting a, a story that isn't quite accurate. But um, you know, as we get more information about the the nature of this work and the characteristics of the work, and and how to capture that, you know, I think we should hopefully see improvement in in our reporting structures.
0: This is great. I, I really appreciate you taking the time and walking through. For people who want to get in touch with you or your company, what's what's the best way? yeah for um, find can, out yeah
1: definitely go on uh, um and uh, sign up for a demo or uh, reach out to us uh, via our uh, customer support channel and we'd be happy to uh, chat
0: excellent anything I didn't ask you that you think the Forbes readers or the audience here would want to know about um no I, I
1: think you did a, a really good job I think uh, um, you know there's there's so much we can talk about so I think you, you were able to capture kind of the high <laughs> level dynamics uh but uh you know this is a
0: uh, an ongoing conversation so all excited. right, all right. I, i'm lying i had one more question how okay. are you so calm you have a 41 <laughs> million dollar fu- like fundraise you're kind of building out across the whole country and you just seem like the calmest chillest guy is is that <laughs> how you always are or no i'd be like all freaked out
1: yeah no i i think i'm uh i think it's I'm relatively calm. I can't say that I do anything intentionally. It's just yeah. who I am, but I think it's, you know, when you're in this job, um, you, I've seen a lot of stuff and, uh, you know, I think part of your success, um, you know, becomes in kind of removing the emotion from your decision-making and uh, trying to stay calm and, and kind of focused on, on the facts and evidence. So um, I've been able to I think, do that well in my career and, and learned how to do that. So I, uh, so I think that's maybe what you're seeing, but I don't want to, Part of this is just who i am so uh, yeah i can take full credit
0: for it well that's great I, I really appreciate you taking the time i love what you're doing it sounds great i think it's I, I i'm kind of excited about it because it's it's another way for people to say hey listen i i want a different way of working and this is something that's going to fit with my lifestyle and i love it and for companies who are, it's a war for talent and great resignation you know some months four million people quitting hey how do we get help so it's one of those things that just both sides is helping. It's like, it's it's not to be corny, but it's like a good cause and that you're putting people together. People who want to work, find different ways of working and people who need the help and making it better. So I, I applaud what you're doing. That's great. And what we'll do is if it's cool with you. We'll keep in touch. And as you kind of get more States and going international keep me posted, we'll have you on. And then you can keep telling about all the cool stuff you're doing and all the other money that you're raising to kind of build this up yeah. and make it awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I would love that. I would love to stay in touch. And I appreciate you That's having that. me on. It was awesome. My pleasure. Well, thank you for, so much, Nick. Take care, my friend.
1: All right. Thanks, Jack. Bye. See ya. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.